0: Hello and well, that's, welcome to that's latency. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, we're doing it. Okay. We're rolling with it. All right. Um, hello and welcome to another episode of No Plans to Merge. I'm your host Caleb Porzio, I, I'm Island Caleb, Caleb uh,
1: Snowbound Daniel.
0: And today's episode is brought to you by um, Weather and also weather. T-Mobile Hotspots. And uh, what else?
1: And uh, Max Snow Max. Snowmax, Snowmax yeah. <sighs> Caleb, Dan it's Cole. been an ordeal
0: Dan Cole, it's been a, a serious ordeal And it's been, what, like months since we recorded?
1: It's been, we, we skipped three, or two or three, I don't know Too long, um, too long it's been, it's been too long And then we went to record today Well, first we went to record Friday And then it was like, let's do Saturday And then Saturday was like, let's do Sunday and then here we are. It's Sunday. Here we are, and we go to record three o'clock. And uh, Caleb, you have no usable internet. You brought your entire setup. <laughs> you brought your you brought your synthesizer. You brought your Ergodox keyboard, a monitor, uh external webcam. You brought you brought all the things, but you neglected to check whether or not the place you were staying had internet. Is that what I'm hearing?
0: So, no, that is not the case, actually. That's uh, Mm. funny, though. Um, The case is I did bring all that stuff and more Mm -hmm. and much more. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I figured they had bad internet because on the Airbnb listing, it said, like, satellite internet only for checking email. (laughs) And so, yeah,
1: that's that's a that's a clear indication. That's the
0: signal. And so many Airbnbs have garbage internet, and they don't even tell you. So I was like, well, this one, this has got to be like absolutely horrible. Um, and so I bought a T-Mobile hotspot before Uh coming on down, which is super cool, by the way. This T-Mobile hotspot stuff, like I didn't know this, but T-Mobile has like the best uh 5G in like at all. Like they're like way better
1: coverage on this island.
0: There is. I mean, it's like, I don't even know if I'm on an island. It's surrounded by water, so that's probably I an mean, indication. That's, that's step one of an island for <laughs> But, sure. like, I don't know the name of the island. It's just, like, it's on your way to Key Largo, so it's, like, kind of, uh, I don't know.
1: Montego, baby, why don't we go to Cocoa?
0: Exactly. So, uh, whatever. Yeah, there's total yeah. 5G, like, perfect 5G, which is crazy. Um, I checked Amazing. a coverage map before going. and it was, like, all of the Florida Keys have perfect 5G, so i picked mm-hmm. one of these hotspots up and yeah so I, I thought like verizon or at&t they have the best coverage of course they would have the best 5g they don't t-mobile is like way better than them and so whatever i bought uh and so this the sticker price for this is 300 dollars um for this little 5g hotspot dollars u.s dollars yeah not solana 300 mm-hmm. u.s dollars and sorry i
1: don't speak fiat anymore yeah yeah <laughs>
0: And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So $300, whatever. Anyway, it was one of those things where I was about to pull the trigger and Hannah was like, you should check eBay. And I was like, oh, Han, you weren't doing the right things. But I checked eBay Uh and it was 150 bucks, like all over eBay. Because this is one of those things, right? Like people buy them and then they get rid of them. Yep. It's not like an iPod, you know? Sure. So whatever, anyway, got it for 150 bucks and you just pay, I literally went to a T-Mobile store in the mall and and I could have paid them cash. I should have made the story better. I paid in credit, but like you just literally, I didn't even have it. I was like, I just want a SIM card with data on it. And they were like, oh. no problem. What's your name and so email. So how much data for how much money? And that's it, 50 gigs for 50 bucks.
1: Okay. What do you think that's of that? That's incredible. That's a great deal.
0: Isn't that crazy?
1: That's a dollar a gig.
0: And I asked her, I was like, hey, so if I bust through that 50, am I screwed? And she's like, no, uh-huh. you can just buy more. And I was like, for that same okay. price? She's like, yeah, you just call and add gigabytes. I, st- okay. I don't know if I believe her about that. I'm So I'm nervous. I'm like trying to conserve. But okay. I'm already to 20 gigabytes and there's two weeks left and I'm only like four days in.
1: Yeah, so you're going to spend 250 bucks on, on internet. Yeah, which
0: is no problem. Is, I'm fine with that. Yeah. But like uh-huh. if I were to record this over Zoom... That would be a bunch right up there. You know? I don't even know if it could handle like a full video Zoom call. But that's the reason, folks, that uh, Daniel and I are calling each other the old-fashioned way. And I have... Yeah,
1: through Google Voice, the old-fashioned way. <laughs> Oh, right.
0: Well, I'm calling with like a normal cell phone phone call. And I have earbuds in my ears under my headphones. So I have no idea how this is going to go.
1: Yeah, the old-fashioned way, like everyone used to do it.
0: The way that the Pioneers did it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, Well, I'm on Google Voice calling you in a relatively normal way.
0: The the weirdest thing about this whole situation, folks, is that... So, like, clearly, I'm the one causing the issues. If I was home, we could just hop on a Zoom call. I get it. Right. But I'm not home, and Mm -hmm. I have a few constraints to work around. But Mm -hmm. Daniel can't make a phone call. (laughs) Like... This is on me, but Daniel, this is on you. You can't call someone on the phone.
1: I can make a And phone you're at your call. house. No, 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 no. Listen, listen. I can make a phone call as long as it's not vitally important. Right? The issue is that I have very bad service at my house, and it's very normal for a call to drop sometimes. And that's fine if you're just talking to a friend because you just call him back, mm. and then everything's good. But if you are recording an hour long yeah if you're if you're calling someone you hate (laughs) then it's an issue because it's embarrassing and you don't want to seem weak right Um, sign of weakness so that was the issue i (laughs) have um okay so i can't make a phone call so then it's three o'clock we're recording i find this cool google voice solution (laughs) where i'm like i'm gonna call caleb's phone through google voice and record and it's gonna it's gonna all be good and so then we sit down and we do our traditional and a three and a two and a one and a click. And what and I when say, I say the word, is when I say the word click.
0: Well, hold on, Dan, click. Cole, uh-huh. I hear and a three and a two and a one and a click, and a click, and then I go, hello and welcome to another episode of No Place <laughs> to Merge. I'm your host Island Caleb. And today's, or I'm your host Island Caleb. Wait, and that was it. It was very sad, Daniel.
1: Ugh. So, what happened on my end is when I said the word click, my power went out. Like, as I said the word, I said, and a three, and a two, and a one, and a click. And the lights, like, flashed off and then flashed back on. My internet restarted. Everything went bad all at once. I heard the, like, the audible click of my, uh, of my, like, audio DAC restarting. You know, it was, it was like, oh. Like and then I went and then my internet was just out and I was like, well, I'm sure like it will boot back up in a couple of minutes, but Where now do you I don't even trust this. Live? This doesn't happen. We're in the middle of a historic snowfall here in Nashville, North Carolina. Everyone's freaking out.
0: I didn't even connect that you don't live in a place with snow.
1: Well, it snows a little here every year. Okay, but it doesn't snow a lot here ever. Yeah. Um. Well, that's not true, but. It snowed a lot here to, right now and it's still snowing. and It's going to snow again tomorrow. And we're looking at, you know, between 12 and 24 inches of snow.
0: Wow. That's nuts. That's, that's a lot I'm of saying. snow. That's a ton of snow. Mm-hmm. The whole, your whole world's going to shut down, huh?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's already shut down and there's only like six inches on the ground.
0: Crazy town. So what are you doing mm-hmm. with that snow, Daniel Segway.
1: Uh, well, so I famously don't, enjoy being cold and wet that's one of the famous things about me Hmm. um so i've been sort of grumpily like making coffee and making a fire and staying indoors and trying to stay as wet free and cold free (laughs) as possible gotcha you know um charlotte and max on the other hand fucking love to frolic um so they've been frolicking uh charlotte built a snow max um, that's really good, by snow. the way. yeah, it, it, I've tweeted it. You can go to my Twitter and find Snowmax. uh um, well done. yeah, Charlotte built a Snowmax. uh so Snowmax has been uh constructed uh it's larger than life size, which is crazy because Max is already pretty big Max uh we think this is his first snow. He's like more than a year old, but last year didn't really snow like that um and he would have been like a baby puppy anyway Like he would have been just born So he wouldn't even know what was up um, But now he's a big boy And he's having big boy snows So nice. anyway He's been frolicking, he likes to bite the snow It gets all stuck in his hair So then I brought him inside and I left him in the bathroom For half an hour to melt um, And then I made a fire for him to lay in front of To dry off That's awesome. He's <laughs> just like a big wet mop Like soaking the floors of our house but yeah, it's a good vibe over here.
0: That sounds wonderful, Dan Cole. Mm-hmm. So I made the a fire up and fire. Sit on
1: the couch and integrating a strange European payment provider. Hmm. Would you believe?
0: Twas the night before Christmas, and Daniel was. Can
1: we talk? Can we talk briefly about uh, the promise on every? greenfield project that we think we're going to be able to use stripe on this we just need to talk them down on their pricing a little bit (laughs) have you had this experience
0: i'm trying to think i don't know i've i've had the experience of not being able to use stripe on brownfield projects but on greenfield i'm not sure
1: multiple situations where it's well it's not like greenfield greenfield like it's like it's a company that Uh, a company that that already has a a deal with credit cards Yeah. yeah And so, in America, it's always authorized.net that they have, like, a yeah, uh, right. sweetheart deal with, yep. you know? But in this case, it's a different payment provider that I don't know if I can name. But I guess I can. It's called Bambora. Um, and uh, boy, oh boy, not a fun payment provider to use. Um, But anyway, just uh, doing the integration. I'm using... Uh, i saw a new package come out that's like a laravel api request wrapper package um called saloon hmm. um and it's sort of similar to like steve mcdougall's uh one which i forget the name of don't know but uh he has one too called laravel oh, transporter laravel transporter is his okay um but anyway i was like well i'll try out this new saloon thing why not so the nice thing about it is it like makes like testable like copies of your endpoints right so you basically like make each endpoint is like a class and like it's really easy it's like a little framework for making like little testable endpoints and stuff gotcha um which is nice because i don't want to hit this stupid api all the time in my tests. yeah yeah um so anyway that's uh
0: laravel saloon that's
1: That's what we're, uh, that's what we're working with over here. So I've just been sitting on the nice, like brown leather couch with a fire going with the window open, looking out at the fallen snow, right? in Bambora integration.
0: That's great, man. You have a fireplace. Did I know this? Have we talked about this?
1: Uh, you've been to my home.
0: Yeah, I know. I do not I didn't know. Like, I don't know when I hear that somebody has a fireplace that they can actually burn wood in. I'm always like, come on, no way that still
1: happens. Yeah, I know, dude. It must be, yeah, it must be sad to be poor, Caleb, not be able to afford luxuries like a fireplace in your 1,200 square foot home. <laughs>
0: Seriously, Daniel, 1,200, uh, yeah, um, yep, I know, it's very but, sad.
1: Yeah, dude, fireplace, it's the life. That was actually a big selling point of this house for us. Um, It used to be a wood-burning stove, like, insert, you know what I'm talking about? Yep. You know what a fireplace insert looks like? Yep. Yeah. So I had one of them. Uh, and I called a chimney sweep. Yeah. Uh, and and I said, come through. Take a gander come at this. Through. Tell me if I can get rid of it. Yeah. And he looked at it and he said, you can get rid of that. You want to get rid of it? And so then me and this old guy named Joe pulled this <laughs> pulled this fireplace insert out. It weighs like infinity pounds yeah you know it's like a cast iron box the size of what is it even the size of the size of like an air conditioning compressor Mm. you know Mm -hmm. it's like a giant cast iron box like two foot by two foot by two foot box yep um so we pull it out and then it's sitting on my living room floor and like what and he's like all right well that'll be x number of dollars (laughs) i was like whoa wait wait." (laughs) I have this thing here. He's like, well, I can't take that. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so then I, I turned to uh, Facebook Marketplace. There's a group yeah. here called West Asheville Exchange. And uh, as we've discussed previously, if you have $100, you can have anything removed from where you are. Um, right, so but I this one I would think
0: that. people would pay you or at least be eager to pick it up, to scrap it.
1: Yeah, I think they were. Um, but I also wanted it to be gone immediately. So I was like, I have one hundred dollars. This thing is in my living room. First person here to get it out gets one hundred dollars. That's awesome. And it's like, there's always a fat guy and a skinny guy in an old. Right, ass we truck. talked about this, yeah. And they show up and they move your thing. <laughs> yep. And it, it works out. That's great. Um, but yeah, that's so anyway, great, Dan. Cool. All that to say, I do have a fireplace and it's it's working fine.
0: We have a chimney and we have a fireplace. Mm-hmm neither can turn into a fireplace to burn wood and i which is very sad it's like the fireplace what? is kind of like like concreted over in the back like it's the kind of thing that somebody would put like uh clean cut birch branches to look like like a new age fireplace thing like a modern whatever anyway uh turns out it's a gas fire it was a gas fireplace with a gas insert but like over a hundred years ago which i didn't even think they had those but they did this like cast iron gnarly looking thingy hoosie but anyway so that's sad i can never have my dream because it's not actually connected to the chimney and it's not big enough
1: wait so what is connected to the chimney
0: uh the chimney is just for like the furnace that was original with the house which would be like a coal octopus furnace Mm -hmm. um so that's what it would be for i guess that's it and oh and the exhaust the exhaust of the gas insert which is comes out of a pipe that then goes into the chimney eventually
1: so there's no way that you could make that pipe into a functioning chimney no no all right cool i don't really know i'm not like an expert i pay i pay a guy to do i know
0: i could maybe put in some well yeah i don't know I don't know. Yeah. I'm thinking like it's not even a great place for a fireplace. I get why they put it there because it's central in the house. And if that's like your whole heating system, because it's 1900, like mm-hmm, that's why mm-hmm. you would do that. But it belongs somewhere else. And I have an idea for it. And I'm like, how hard is it to put in a new chimney <laughs> and a fireplace? Like how much money does They're that like, cost? Oh, no,
1: it's super hard. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely. Super hard. Definitely don't want to do that. Yeah. Adding a chimney. Big no, no. Doesn't like like chimneys. They have to be like taller than the ridgeline of your house, right? Like a certain height yeah. above it. So yeah. if if it was on the side of the house, it'd have to go like way the hot toots up there.
1: Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah,
0: which then it looks stupid, and then you have like a giant like metal piece stabilizing it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want that. I'm just never going to get, you know, my dream fireplace. I'll just go to Daniel's house and...
1: Yeah, come through. Warm on up, way back up.
0: Come through. Buffalo's getting hammered tomorrow, and I mm. am uh, just going to watch it from afar.
1: My conception of Buffalo is that they get hammered every day for breakfast.
0: They do. They do. I, okay, I, thought, I thought growing up, like, Buffalo has, like, the most snow ever. I live in the, like, snow capital of the world. And then I remember oh, I was talking to, like, Chris Trombley. And he's from Syracuse, which is, you know, I don't know, three hours from Buffalo. And,
1: yeah. and to those of us who are not from upstate New York, like, you would think those places have identical weather.
0: They do. Syracuse, Rochester okay. and Buffalo have basically identical weather. Okay, um cool. But yeah, they so he he tells me about his snow and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, that's so much more snow than Buffalo." And I just immediately wrote it off as, "Well, that's a, yet another thing that you grow up thinking you're special, but then you realize that you're not." And like, uh-huh. you know, Minnesota's like way colder than anywhere and Syracuse has a ton of snow, so everywhere must have more snow. Anyway, I just recently re- like learned that Buffalo really does have a ton of snow. It's just that Syracuse is like the number one snow city in the U.S. outside of Alaska. No way. It's like number one or number two. On like any snowiest place in the U.S. list, it's number one or number two. And then like usually right after it is Rochester, then Buffalo. Yeah. That's
1: so there's wild. that. Um, my sister lives up up that away. Um, and uh, I think she's probably probably drowning in it uh yeah she's gonna she would coat so
0: yeah i think tonight's like the start of a huge snowstorm probably for buffalo rochester and syracuse imagine that it's the lake effect snow that's why we all get snow it comes
1: like right off the lake like even though you guys are getting like four times as much snow as we are or whatever um i bet that Uh, the roads will be drivable much sooner in Buffalo than they will be here for
0: sure much sooner we've talked about this I'm (laughs) sure but like you guys at least use like sand and stuff right like you don't use salt
1: Uh, I think they are salting yeah
0: okay well yeah because like you know Buffalo cars rot like after three years because you're just like any given day in the winter you're driving behind a salt truck just like throwing salt in your face yeah, 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 there's so much salt
1: everywhere. Salty town.
0: It's a salty town. So much salt. Yeah, those are rough. things that I bet like other places. Like, remember when Ugg boots were really popular, uh huh, in high school or whatever. And well, uh-huh. you, I don't know if they were. <laughs> I forget. They that, were popular. Okay. Um, where I lived, like all the girls had Ugg boots, and sure. the Ugg boots, without fail, always had a pretty thick like almost like a high tide line for salt From stain salt. on everybody's gross. nice ugg boots gross every buffalo girl had that and i this i'm just realizing yeah, that gross. right now that like other a lot of places wouldn't have that yeah but like you can't wear suede in buff anything that's like suede is no. going to get just yeah.
1: destroyed yeah you just so, got to get like tims and spray them with waterproofing stuff or whatever yeah that's could do the, like that. i don't understand why um people like that's sort of like the famous like new york city thing is that everyone's wearing tims you know oh like i don't know that. i don't understand why that's not like universal like the further north you get is that you're just like rocking tims all the time
0: i yeah i don't know i remember like when tims first became popular at least like pop culture popular and it like happened overnight and like the coolest kid in school was wearing Tim's and then that was it. Mm-hmm. I never, I don't know. I just thought it was Word. like a fatty kind of thing. Is it not? Is it like still super hot? Well, I hot? think
1: like, I think like broadly speaking, like most people didn't like just appropriate Tim's as part of their identity, except yeah. for like dudes from New York where it sounds like basically New York City is, is just like Tim's are part of the uniform. Interesting. Yeah, that's what I've like, heard.
0: I wonder why though. Like, there's so many other boots.
1: Probably because it sucks. Like, there's snow and slush and stuff. But in are Tim's particularly
0: and... good at snow and slush?
1: You no, know? but it's like, what other like sort of hip hop boot are you gonna wear? Sure,
0: you know? I gotcha. Yeah, I smell you.
1: <laughs> like, if you're gonna wear boots all the time, and you're, yeah, 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 you're a, you're a a hip hop dressing fella. That's yeah. the boot to wear.
0: That's what you're. I I get it. I see. I see, Deke.
1: Tiki Tik, Tik Kol. So since we last recorded, you have minted an NFT and it sold out.
0: Yep, it did.
1: It did. It did sell
0: out. Thanks, bud. Yeah, it's uh, it was pretty cool. Didn't expect it to sell Tell out. Tell me about the experience. And it did. It, uh, well, launching anything, it, it was like any launch. It's super fun, you know, when you you put a ton of work in and stress a bunch, and and then. Uh huh you hit the go button and see if anything happens it's just like very fun
1: Um, i'm gonna straight up admit i did not think it was gonna sell out
0: oh none of us did i didn't
1: think it was because because your your discord didn't have your discord had like less people in it by a decent amount than the number that you were minting yeah for sure the day before mint you had like 700 people in discord or something yeah yep. and i was like hmm
0: I know. None of us thought it was going to sell out. We were just like, all right, we got to move on with our lives. Like we can't just pedal this thing forever. And, you know, I'm trying to like do normal life here and not Mm -hmm. deal with NFTs all the time. And so we, yeah, we hit the go button and, and it hit like the presale. Well, like the day of, I don't know, like just magic started happening. We were just like pulling out all the stops, reaching out to everybody we knew, and we're just like, "Hey, it's going down," you know. And then um, one of our guys like kind of low key hyped it in the monkey dow. and mm, uh, I think that that's I think that's what happened. I think the uh-huh. monkey, I think SMB is what happened. Slana monkey business for those following along is what happened to potheads. Um, yeah, well, so you had a lot
1: of stone dapes and stuff already, right?
0: Yeah, so there there's there was definitely like a core of just like early people to potheads and then i'll say like one third them one third stone ape, random whatever i don't know and then maybe probably a third monkeys um but yeah so i think it i think it just was like the kind of thing that i remember like people sharing um like uh screenshots of of from the monkey doll of like hey like definitely minting pots today or anybody else minting pots today like i'm gonna do it. it looks cool um so yeah so that i think that's what happened and it started out like pre-sale it was like in like two seconds you know 150 like it's literally i hit the button and i think 150 to 200 were just sold like instantly and then
1: so that's bots
0: yep and then after a while after a little bit we got up to like 600 in the 10 minutes of pre-sale and then it like kind of cooled off you know around then mm-hmm. there was a little launch boost like at the time of post mint then it was the lull and then it was like all right well this might not sell out we weren't think we none of us thought it was going to sell out until like 100 or 200 before and then i was mm-hmm. supposed to go to my brother in-laws uh to like hang out with them before we left for florida and uh, i was like i i'd hate canceling stuff like that and i almost never ever do and i wasn't going to but then I I called him. I'm like, I really think I'm going to be tied up today. I didn't think I was going to be, but I think like a project has been born today. <laughs> and right. And uh, literally by the end of the phone call, I was like, actually, I think we're going to sell out like before I get off this call with you. And I and then I, whatever. <laughs> and then when we did, yeah. um, so you know, like lulled. But then it started once it gets close to the end. It was like obviously there's I'm sure the collective like, oh this thing's about to sell out. Like that makes yeah. it hot and then people just yeah, want to like, have to like push get it over in the quick edge yeah. yeah so that's what it was yeah and it's so it all sold out it took about an hour i think yeah within an hour it was sold out
1: yep dope yeah
0: so that happened and it was super cool but then of course you know it's like then the real work begins so you know the people in discord and whatever have to like keep it going and be excited about it and you know keep it interesting and we have to deliver on all the promises that we've promised and and like we yeah, talked about to, it
1: they have to like hold long enough for the promises to be realized at a decent enough floor price to matter and all yep. that stuff
0: right and all those things that balancing act and it's really tough it's crazy and then you know you Dude. have to do like so much to get anybody to like believe in your thing um but you don't want to be like a rug you don't want to just sell out and walk away um mm-hmm. so it's a hard life man it's hard
1: yeah so I'm like uh, Here's my So you know I'm like Adminning over at Salon of Swine Gang yep. Here is my Current thing I'm going to So I'm not like making any money from that I'm just doing it um, I'm putting in a lot of fucking work <laughs> Yeah. Um, it's all It's just like It's all community management work You know it's like Getting announcements out Timing things Making sure that like you're getting tweets out at the right, you know, it's just like a lot of that stuff. Yep. You know? Um but uh I've decided I'm doing this for three major reasons. One, because I like the project, I want it to do well. Two, uh because I want to like learn how to do this. Um because I think even outside of NFTs, it's like useful to like have some experience like managing a big community learning all the sure. Discord administration stuff you know like all totally. of that stuff um but b like if i want to launch an nft like it will be really useful to have like been through all of those things and know like yeah. the bad things that can happen and the good things that can happen and like even just stuff like noticing when a hundred new accounts join your discord all at once like oh those are mm. bots like i yeah. should <laughs> i should delete this um or whatever Um, and like learning how to like manage all the discord integrations and the bots and the sales bots and all that other stuff right Um, and then the third thing is like I'm like thinking I'm going to build a project and I want to I don't want to build a project until I have like reputation inside of NFTs you know yeah yeah and so like doing this here is in my book like getting me reputation inside of NFTs. And it definitely is because projects have approached me to be like a paid community manager. Yep. Now. But I don't want to do that. Um well I might do that. But like the projects that have approached me, like one is like a gambling project, which I don't really want to be associated with. Yep. There there's like a couple things where it's like like if a really cool project with a really cool roadmap wanted to come give me fifteen percent of mint to like project manage something i would do it yeah um but like so far the projects that have approached me aren't projects that like i totally want in on yep that being said um i think i'm learning a lot about like how it works how just like the life cycle of like excitement and fud and all of that stuff and like the timing of things and how the timing of announcements works and how long the excitement from an announcement is good for before you have to deliver. Right. Yep. You know, yep. like just little things like that. And like, so there's certain things you don't want to announce too early because if you announce it too early and it takes, you know, the right amount of time, like that announcement might end up hurting you instead of helping you. Like, yep. right. So anyway, it's super interesting.
0: Yeah. It old.
1: is an interesting world. You've seen my project or part of my project roadmap. We can't talk about it because so much of it is like, revealed as the project progresses well i I can at least
0: say that it's like i can tease it that like if it ever happens i don't know how we never talked about how serious you are about making it happen but if it happens it it would be yeah it would be really cool because it this nft thing would be like everything daniel it would be daniel's playground you could never know that Daniel was involved in it, and you would look at it and go like, "Oh, Daniel Colborne could have designed that, you know, yeah, it's like it's the sick. manifestation of all of daniel's uh i mean it, ideals yeah, and I can say
1: this it's like fantasy like and... Marx's performance art basically yeah- yeah, yeah that's, that's the best like way the, of putting it that's yeah. the main thing about it um yep. it's very cool, that's cool so I've been pitching it to some people um that some of the people I've shown are like very excited about it um the devs from remnants which minted yesterday which i was like super early pre-sale on and like i love that project uh they're real into it um huh there's a couple people i've pitched on it who who think it's like really (laughs) sick so anyway my thought is i have a contract that goes till basically the end of march right now yep um so I'm not gonna dedicate an enormous amount of time between now and then. Yeah. I'll probably spend a little bit of time on it, but not a lot. Then when my contract wraps up, I'm gonna take two weeks and just grind this nice. and see how far that gets me. Sweet. You know? Yep. Just like grind like cause I like I can get the candy machine done very quickly. Like I can do all of that stuff pretty fast. The question is like There's some smart contract stuff that would have to happen. There's like some web design stuff that would need to happen. Yeah. There's art that needs to happen. Like there's a lot of stuff that would need to happen to get ready for a mint. For sure. And the question is like how much of that could I get done in two weeks if I had like if I threw time and money at the problem basically. Yeah. You know. So we'll see. But I think it's going to be kind of sick. Yeah sweet
0: dude this has been uh part two of daniel is way more into nfts than caleb and that's
1: hilarious <laughs> dude yeah it the, is hilarious the projects i'm in is wild i like i sold a phoenix for eight solana dude that was lo- that was like the most wild flip ever Come
0: on, what did you buy it for
1: 2.1
0: 2.1 translation I folks it daniel made what uh well, if you look how many at the price us dollars now, like, 10 bucks <laughs>
1: no well six it's like 150 right now or 145 yeah 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 so six of those is 900 dollars profit yep
0: dude it's wild man i did you know i've like i did that one flip in the very beginning because i was like didn't know anything about it and just decided to gamble like a thousand dollars and i haven't done any flips since (laughs) at all like i did one dude i did i've like done little micro flips but i did a
1: heroic hold on dapper ducks dude
0: Really? Oh, like, okay, yeah. Yeah.
1: Like it anybody, like I sold some of them for a loss, but I held yeah. enough of them and got out at a high enough price that I like made pretty decent money on dapperdog. That's
0: cool. I I mean, I got Daver in project. on them when you got in on them and then I I hold everything cuz I don't sell anything cuz I never pay attention to anything. And then I just mm-hmm. like happened to look. I was just like kind of going to liquidate my NFT wallet. And I'm yeah. like, these ducks, oh, they're kind of up from what I bought. Oh, uh, whatever. Like, sure, let's sell yeah. it. And then you messaged me like an hour later and was like, dude, the ducks, man, sell the ducks <laughs> or whatever.
1: Yeah. yeah, it was a heroic hold, dude. I held them bitches for like two months or something, just like at a loss, like way down on ducks. And I was like, oh, this sucks, dude. But people
0: are making so much money, Daniel. <laughs> Just on flipping stuff, it's insane. The, just the friends I have now in the the you know NFT world, I don't make money on NFTs, but people with guts do and, and with alpha with alpha and guts, and yeah. they make so much money. like a good buddy of mine just made like, well like 30 or 35 grand US dollars on a flip. Um, it, it was some like Ethereum NFT. That Mm -hmm. you, like an author that did this NFT project and was like, for every 10, he launched a book, was like, for every 10 of my books that you buy, you get like whitelisted for an NFT or something or get a free mint or something like that. Mm -hmm. So my buddy and his friend, they basically, they just bought a ton of these books and shipped them to their house. Like literally, they just have piles and piles of books. And and then this was like a gamble and then months later and this happened like the other day uh they just got the the mint and they they each made a good chunk but the but one of them like got a rare one you know Uh and the rare one was worth like 21k or something just like right on
1: the east is a whole other level
0: it is it's a it is an entire other world and like i don't even touch that world but the people i know that are in it it's like they make more money they lose more money everything's just like bigger you know
1: yeah it's wild so i'm thinking about launching my project on near oh yeah like okay. another chain
0: yeah it's like um, another the next hot thing
1: so i, I was looking into Nier a little bit
0: myself and uh luna the reason would
1: be yeah the reasoning would basically be like right now near is just like derivative projects and pfp projects yeah um but it's the same like rust smart contract system yeah i saw that and so and they also have like a assembly script like javascript compiled version so like you could write a lot of that stuff in javascript dude
0: Um, i can't even handle this don't even talk to me about this daniel
1: so anyway trying to get out of the game daniel how sick would it be for me to take a project that like would be pretty impressive to launch on solana right, right now and instead be like the first like really impressive utility driven roadmap on near that would know? be crazy and just be like yo what's up and then like hype it in all my solana discords and shit and be like yo, yeah come man through.
0: i mean like a big part of me wants to say like no way daniel like no way because the struggle is so real even on solana that something even newer would be way harder but i don't know man i don't know because uh, it could not be and you're also you're you're, you could just hustle like crazy and do it what do i know
1: well my thought is like the people on near are like hungry for like big utility driven projects because no one's investing money there right now yeah you know and i'm like dude what if i just like was the one to to do it you know
0: yeah yeah, it'd be pretty anyway, wild. I wonder how much crossover there is. Who even knows? But who even right, toot and loodle doodle and the other, knows?
1: the other thought I've had is to do a pre launch sale on Nier. And anyone who owns one of those gets Oh yeah, cool. Uh, gets a like a guaranteed mint yep. of the actual project. Yeah. You know? Yep. And then that way you can just scoop up a bunch of Near people yeah anyway these are the thoughts that are running through my head constantly
0: these are the thoughts dan cole yeah we're i'm doing like you know the last like thing that we have to really deliver on with the pots is the uh like we at least have to deliver all the promises you know and then we can figure out what's going on in the future of it yep um but the uh growing of the pots where you like take the planned food and feed the pot and the pot grows and your nft mutates just that alone is Uh like it sounds so simple but it's not and i realized that the hard part about it is not necessarily making it happen because i have all the pieces to do that now it's making it happen in a way that is like excuse me impenetrable you know like nobody's gonna hack and that basically it basically means like and this is kind of what i'm experiencing with all this stuff is like you could basically do anything off chain in javascript with enough you know hacking um, but mm-hmm. there's holes all over it. Uh, if you want to make it like all guaranteed, you put it on the chain in a rust program and who can write rust. So I- I'm thinking I might actually like, you know, I'm trying to, whatever, I-, I, at least I need to focus on, you know, like having a kid and stuff and my normal work and like liveware so and Alpine. Minting a kid, Um, yeah. yeah, I need to focus on that stuff for a minute. Um, but I figure like for this year, I think a good goal would be to learn rust just to know Mm -hmm. it um, just so that it's not a blocker on anything because I feel like I don't I don't know I mean job knowing JavaScript gets you a very long way but yeah you know knowing like one low-level language you know and Rust is the one that is most useful to me at this point I think would be Mm -hmm. like I think it's a big missing piece for me as a programmer
1: so Explain to me the the security hole of because, like, to me, like, I, I don't you want to explain metadata. it to
0: you because I i don't because I'm probably going to leave it in <laughs> because I can't write an on chain program. I can explain it to you are off you, the show.
1: Are you going to use MetaBoss for like mutating the metadata? uh
0: Don't need to actually. um So I've gotten deep enough that I can actually like create those transactions myself. Okay. Um, yeah. So the only thing I use Metaboss for, what do I use Metaboss for? Dude, maybe I do. No, I think I I forget. As you know, like you you go down these rabbit holes, man, and it's like Mm -hmm. unbelievable how how many different directions you go in. And then I don't even like remember where I left off. But um, let me just take a hoot scoot and look here. Not that anybody listening cares. Nobody listening cares. What am I doing? Continue on. I don't know whatever nobody even cares about nfts daniel
1: dude honestly this has been nft corner and it's been too long
0: way too long nobody cares about nfts we haven't even Mm. talked about sharks or crabs
1: sharks or crabs not a single one
0: i caught a shark two days ago
1: you caught a shark i caught a shark what kind of shark
0: it's a nurse shark
1: is that like how big is that
0: so this one was like three and a half feet i think
1: That's a lot of feet.
0: Dude, it was huge. (laughs) I caught.
1: Normally sharks be catching us, you know what I'm saying?
0: I do know what you're saying. Hannah caught a little pinfish, like just like the sunnies of the ocean. And Uh it was like a gut hook situation. So I was like, ah, this isn't going well for this fish. So I'll kill it. And I Uh cut it up into chunks. And I took a big fat hook and put a chunk on it with a big fat sinker and just lobbed it across the little, like, cove here Uh and just stuck the rod in a rod holder and then just fished next to it. You know, I wasn't even thinking about it, but, like, hoping I caught something big. I just didn't, whatever. It didn't take that long, and, dude, the rod was, like, bent over, and I'm wrestling with this thing for so long. My arms are killing me. I'm like...
1: The old man in the sea situation. It's the
0: old man in the sea situation. Good thing I was on dry land. Otherwise, I'd be dragged out to East Jehunga. And mm-hmm. so whatever, reel it in, get it close, finally. And I thought it was a stingray, which is like a bummer, because a, like I'm not gonna do anything with a stingray, and b, I don't really want to deal with like a stingray. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't like know how to get a hook out of a stingray's mouth. I don't yeah. know. Like I just don't want to catch anything like that. I want to catch fish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll leave. I- I'd like to Steve see Irwin'd that. Either. Right. They definitely don't want to get Steve Irwin. I just don't want to deal with those weird things. Even flounders, man. I know, like people love catching flounder, or whatever. I don't even want to catch a flounder. It's just weird. Sure. You know, they just look weird. Mm-hmm. Give me so, a fish. Give me a fish. So I realized that, like, oh my gosh, this is a shark. What do I do with a shark? So we like found a net under the RV. Like, this of course is all scrambling, and yeah. and Hannah's like, what do I do? And I'm like. She's and she's like, "Do you have a plan? What are you gonna do with this thing?" I'm like, "I have no idea." But first things first, I'm gonna get it up here on the dock. Yeah. So I, with this net, I can't believe I didn't snap the net. This thing is like so heavy; like I can barely lift it. And, but I, I'm like, I don't think I should really handle this fish. Like there, you know, I wanted to get like a picture with the shark holding it, but like I feel like that would be super dumb so did
1: you get a picture of the shark
0: i did i do have a picture of the shark and yeah so anyway i just cut the hook and let it run free um and that's that
1: that's wild
0: yeah and i'm glad i did i I immediately text jack mcdade and sent him pictures and was like dude what is this (laughs) like what kind of shark is this he's like oh that's whatever he looked it up he knew and he said yeah he said it's a great catch he said it's like that's a really solid catch like I, which I'm I'm happy about, so... But it was fun. Nice. But it was definitely, like... I was like, wait a second. I probably shouldn't, like, free this thing from a net or be near it so it can, like, smack me or rip my hand off. But, yeah. you know, like, it's not It's not like a great white landed on the dock, but it's... I don't know. It's a big boy. It has a lot of muscle. Like, I definitely didn't want this thing, like, <laughs> flapping around me. Um. So, anyway.
1: So, you... Can you... Do you need like special licensing to eat that fish, or are you just not a fish eater? That's not uh, part of the game for you.
0: No, I am a fish eater. I am I'm a fish eater in the ocean. I caught a sea trout the other day, and I immediately cut it up and had it on a grill for lunch. Uh-huh. But uh, but the shark, I, I I thought I was gonna cook it, but a I actually don't know anything about the regulations around that. But you see shark in in like at restaurants, so I figured yeah, you probably can take it and eat it but i don't a i don't know the regulations and b i was just like i don't want to deal with this thing like i this is too big for me to deal with like it's too i
1: don't have the infrastructure for this
0: i really don't like i i don't even know (laughs) i would
1: be like do i have freezer space for this much shark right
0: i'm like that's dude i was thinking i'm like i'm here for two weeks am i gonna eat shark every day and killing it like just keep bludgeoning it over the head like it probably takes a lot yeah, like, to kill this thing
1: yeah like this thing could probably kill me before i could kill that
0: seriously we we caught a big catfish that wasn't even this big forever ago and it lived for days next to our campsite and then when we it was time to eat it like we couldn't kill it we had to take a hatchet to the back of its head and it still was like breathing but anyway and this thing is much bigger than a catfish so I don't know, man. I was just like, all right, dude, I dude. touched it and it—it's like dry. It just got we out of the water, breathing. The the catfish, yeah.
1: Catfish can breathe.
0: Oh, like any? Well, you know, any fish out of water. Yeah, like well, yeah, yeah they're, they can't breathe. Their gills, like, go out and in. They're trying to breathe, you know.
1: Oh, no, they're trying, but they're not succeeding. They're not succeeding. It's not like it. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, <laughs> no, right, right, no. <laughs> Um, next to the campsite in the water for days. That was the missing was piece of information. Gotcha. But what was I saying? Oh yeah, dude, I touched a shark. It was dry. I was like, "What is dry this?" Shark. It was like leather. It was such a oily, weird. Baby. It wasn't oily. It was like dry leather or sandpaper. Its whole body. Mm. It was super weird. So, mm. so now I'm trying to crab. My next mission is crabbing, and yep. that's I was I'm doing it crabs. seriously. Yeah. Well, t- give me the rundown, Deke.
1: Well, you just put a little pot out there, and you put some chicken bones in it, and you wait.
0: All right. So, I don't have a pot, so I'm doing it the manual way. I just hooked, like, a chicken leg. Oh, you want like, a crab trap? No.
1: Oh, uh, that, then I'm out of my depth. I don't know.
0: <laughs> so, Bill, well, tell me about that. Where have you done it? How do you do it? Give me the lowdown.
1: Um, My... On my mom's side of the family, there's some cousins or some aunts and uncles and they have like a rich grandpa situation and he has an Ocean City, Maryland house. Okay. Um. So we're often invited, often, occasionally invited out to the Ocean City, Maryland house to vibe um, yeah. at the beach house. And uh, we went out to the beach house one time and we were chilling and they have like a little boat slip dock right out in the backyard Um, you you just kind of go out there and there's a little crab trap that just kind of lives out there Uh, and you throw your bones from your chicken wings that you ate earlier into the crab trap and you just throw it in there and you wait until a crab crawls in because it's Maryland and they be out there and uh, then you pull the crabs out and you say these are all too small to eat and you throw them back
0: (laughs) like because there's an actual limit or they're just too small there's
1: just there's a point where it's like am i gonna kill this thing to get like one bite of for sure yeah no doubt you know yep so if you get a big boy then i'd eat it you know okay interesting a lot of them are too small to eat a lot of Mm. the ones i've caught are too small to eat might have to do with the size of the hole in the crab trap
0: (laughs) that's probably plays a role (laughs) in the size of the crabs Yeah, fit <laughs> through it,
1: but yeah, it's basically like a wood box yep. frame, like without walls,
0: and like nets right? like for walls,
1: with, with just chicken wire, like wrapped. Oh, okay, it. gotcha. And then for the entrance, you like there's like a hole in the chicken wire, and it's pushed in, uh, yeah. so that it's like they can get in easily but can't yeah. get out.
0: Right, okay.
1: And then you just throw some chicken bones in that bitch
0: oh man dude that's cool I hope so I I have been you know talking to building up a network of like old retired folks you know what I don't even know their story they're just like Florida Keys folks you know real old people burnt skin Mm -hmm. they spent a lot of time on the water Mm -hmm. they look like they haven't had a drink of water in days basically
1: sure yeah water water everywhere but not a drop drink
0: (laughs) (laughs) exactly (laughs) so I've been kind of polling them trying to figure out this crab situation and they sent me to a place called Mother Ocean today and so we drove out to Mother Ocean and it's this this like shack and it's like a garage sale of like nautical equipment and it's so dope because you can get anything here including a unicycle, two unicycles
1: for $7 yeah
0: (laughs) for $7 and like dude there's just tents and tents of stuff everything you'd ever need on a boat or diving or anything it's all like you know used and old but whatever so but they didn't have a crab trap but the purse, the guy was like he's like oh well here's what you could do and he rigged me up um and so and i read about this so this is the way to do it if you don't have a crab trap and i guess people like to do this you take a like a fat hook because you're not really intending to hook anything except the chicken and hook like a big chicken leg or something and then tie a string to it or some kind of line and just kind of lob it out like five feet or so mm-hmm. in grass or like by a dock or something and give it like a little bit of slack, but then, and then basically watch it until, until it tightens, you know, and mm-hmm. like, that's a crab. And so then you have to very slowly and carefully, retrieve the crab yeah so pull in the chicken very slowly until you can see the crab and then net catch the crab so i bought a net
1: is there not like a do you not have a source of like small sticks of wood and chicken wire because I would just make a trap if I were you
0: I mean I'd have to do some hunting for it. I definitely don't have that stuff available to me where I am right now. <laughs>
1: I would have chicken to. wire you don't have chicken wire available there's not like a like a little like nur- nursery or like a oh, garden oh there store probably
0: is if I drive far enough, but not where I am right now. I could okay. probably find those things. That's not a bad idea. I figure I should just make sure like crabs exist here and just have some fun with this first.
1: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Is and I the did waters?
0: like right before we got on this call, I threw it out there and yeah, I had a crab on. I, at least I think I didn't see it and both yeah. times, like it was too skittish by the time I pulled it close, but mm. dude, I'm you hot on touch. the crabbing situation. I cannot wait. Dude,
1: Catch your crabs. Oh
0: man. It's like too much yeah, fun. I'm,
1: I'm from, I'm from Maryland. Uh, so we be eating crabs. Um, yeah. And they're good. Do you, know how to well what kind of crabs are these
0: blue crabs
1: blue crabs okay good those are the crabs you want oh really um yeah, yeah that's what they have in the Chesapeake Bay all right um so here's how you cook a blue crab I'm just gonna tell you great you get you a bunch of blue crabs okay and do you have like a steamer thing
0: I don't know I'd have to dig you know, I'm sure I okay, do so somewhere it's
1: like an insert into a pot that keeps it off of the bottom. yeah
0: yeah so wait can I do steam- this just with boiling If I don't have a steamer?
1: You can, but it's better to steam them, honestly. Okay. Like, a lot better.
0: Really? What makes it better? Yeah. What's better about it?
1: The Old Bay. Old Bay. Gotcha. Um, Okay. I do have a a big
0: thing of Old Bay that exists here in this
1: RV. That's good. Good, 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 So you're going to take your steamer, you're going to throw it uh, in your pot. Yeah. Okay? Okay. You're going to pour like a Miller High Life or like a oh. Coors Light or something. All right. Like a shitty beer, right? Hey,
0: hey. Okay. Um,
1: just like a, a very watery <laughs> yeah, like yeah, Pilsner, you. you know. You're going to put you're going to pour that into the bottom of the thing and then you're going to pour like the same amount of water in there. Okay. As the beer, right? So half beer, half water. Yep. Then you're going to take your uh, your crabs and you're going to throw them on top of the steamer where they're not touching the liquids. Okay. And then you're just gonna cake them bitches in old bay, like so much of it. Okay. Just like throw like a huge layer of old bay on top. Okay. And then maybe squeeze a lemon on there. All right. Uh, and toss the lemon in the in the pot with it. You know. Great. And then you just put the uh, put the old lid on and let them go.
0: And a few questions. First, are these hmm. are the crabs alive when you put them in?
1: uh i believe yeah
0: okay so (laughs) that's a bummer for them um but at least they're warm before they die and
1: yeah well i mean that's the thing is that everything is alive until it's dead
0: right circle of life well, the line of life and
1: (laughs) it's pretty linear yeah
0: it's just a line uh we just watched the lion king the other day so that's a lion king line Lion king yeah um so you got yourself the thing, you put the things in it. Okay, so these do I have to clean them at also all? Or that just, am I like literally taking these crabs, like, you know, popping them in? Spray
1: steam. them down if you got a little sprayer, a hose okay. maybe. Yeah, I do have a hose. You know, yep. Get any like ocean gunk off of them. Gotcha, you know, but okay. At the end of the day, they're going to be very hot. It's going to kill a lot. Yeah, yeah, You're not for eating sure. the outside.
0: Right, right, right. right. Um, I just wasn't sure if you, you're like gutting crabs or anything.
1: No, no, no! You get them when they're when you're eating them. Yeah, right, right.
0: I mean, I've like had crab at restaurants, and there it looks like guts everywhere. I just wanted to make sure that like there's no preparation step.
1: Um, also, there's uh, you, that exact same prep that I said. You do that with sh- shrimp. It's amazing.
0: Okay. All right. I think I can catch shrimp around here actually as well.
1: You can catch shrimp. Yeah. Around there. I think so. Nice.
0: People do it. I need to get (sighs) into the net game, dude. I need to really. Oh my gosh,
1: Daniel! Yeah, small fishing net from RuneScape. That's how you catch. it
0: Yes, the little box thing or whatever. No, that's that's the lobster pot. That's the lobster pot, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, little net, the two-handed net thing.
1: The uh, yeah yeah yeah, the greatest like period of my life is when I had uh, a business relationship with a seafood purveyor. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. just being able to roll up and it's like i'm placing the big order for for woody's fish tacos llc right yep. now but at the same time like yo could i grab a little bit of this and a little bit of that just for just for your boy yeah yep. like half the yep. time they'll just throw it in for free because they got it
0: you know that's great
1: that that was a good time
0: it's a great time you're my seafood guy man dude knows seafood I'm not even that
1: good at it i'm not you're even just that
0: saying good. that you're just saying that
1: there's like a few things i'm good at but the majority of like them, one or two what about oysters can you get oysters down there oysters are more of a yeah. cold water thing huh
0: i don't know i mean there's oysters like on our like i can see their shells and stuff like on our little cove thing um yeah,
1: grab one of them
0: yeah that would be cool I should look into that. I gotta really get into the non-fish food around here. I think the way, that they, think the way they harvest
1: here. oysters is like they put ropes in the water.
0: Oh, that makes sense because they're the all over that like stuff anyway.
1: Bond to the ropes, and you just and then they pull the ropes out okay. and like sweep the oysters off, like gotcha. barley or something.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I gotta look into that, Deke. This place. So, like, I didn't really know what I was getting into here. Hannah booked it, and it's like a RV thing, and it's really nice um, for an RV and it's on, it's on the water. And that's like all I cared about. It's was like, that's awesome. There's a dock. I can fish from it, but I didn't really know what I was getting into. This place has a dock right on the ocean and a fish cleaning station right on that dock. So like oh, I could put one hand on the trailer and one hand on the fish cleaning station and the other hand in the ocean. And so, and there's like a hose and there's like bait, uh, buckets and everything like, everything's just set up for fishing and i had no idea Mm. um apparently this guy the guy who comes after me i was talking to one of the maintenance guys his name's ralph he sits here for two months after we leave and drinks his face off and fishes all day every day Mm. for two months and he crabs he shrimps and he fishes and just eats fish and drinks beer all day that sounds Um, amazing i know so anyway you know know about a low
1: country boil
0: uh no. Maybe.
1: Okay. Look into that. That's if you find yourself with an abundance of shrimp, I would really All recommend right. like a low country boil.
0: Okay. Is this um, like a-
1: I've never done a low country boil to be fair, but I've done a crawfish boil, which is yeah. similar. Mm-hmm. Um but basically it's corn, potatoes, oranges, and onions. Mm. Um and a crawfish boil would be crawfish and then a low country boil would be uh shrimp shrimp and then ideally you, you're going to want to get some andouille sausage in there
0: yeah um, so i've had like you know lobster boils and crawfish boils yeah. that consist of all those Similar things deal. Yeah, yeah yeah and they're delicious
1: uh a shrimp a shrimp low country boil i've ha- i've eaten it i've just never made one hmm. it's a delicious food okay. uh if you're if you're looking for a, a way to eat
0: I got to get into shrimping, man. I got to do it. Get, yeah, you got to
1: get into how these to non-line related foods. catch shrimp
0: in the Keys. Yeah, seriously. How to catch shrimp in Florida. So here's the problem with this hotspot life. I didn't realize how much I rely on YouTube for information, but I can't watch mm. YouTube. Yeah, so I'm like trying, have to, trying to find articles how. for everything. I know. I'm like, please be a nice illustrated wiki how. Please. <laughs>
1: Uh, no, you just gotta find you an old man and be like, yo, show me how to catch a shrimp. Yep. Get the maintenance guy, be like, yo, you know how to catch a shrimp.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'll ask him. I'll ask him tomorrow. Uh, Yeah. Mike. Good old Mike.
1: Yeah. Like, oh, I'm nothing but a fancy out of town technologist. (laughs) Teach me how to catch a shrimp, old man. Give me a wisdom.
0: Yeah. (sighs) Hmm. Mm. Mm, 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 mm.
1: how's the rest of your life beyond uh nfts and fishing
0: dude it's a lot of you fishing a, and nfts a and uh, yeah the baby's growing which is cool it's a boy did i tell you that it's a boy
1: uh so that's, you didn't tell me that that's cool so Major it's a boy
0: yep uh so it's a boy so that's that
1: little mister porzio. yeah
0: that's right um his name's gonna be mario or luigi um, Luigi. I actually do come from a long line of Luigi's, so really, uh, yeah, well, actually a long line of Antonios. But there's a few Luigi's a lot stuck of Antonios, in there.
1: I would imagine, yeah, a lot of Antonios.
0: Yep, but there's uh, my grandpa, my grandpa's dad is Luigi, and my grandpa's brother is Luigi. Name him so. Antonio,
1: I will solemnly swear to never refer to him by anything except for Little Anthony. <laughs> His entire life. Okay. Like, hey, Little Anthony, come here.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of that. Well, it's all ant, like the, like the yeah. ant or tone, like my grandma would tone, 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 hey, yeah, tone, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a boy, and yes, dude, it's just like fishing in Florida, and uh, but I'm doing Alpine component stuff every day. That's like my day trade. Um, so I'm working on that, trying to get that. I'm speaking at Laricon online, so I'm talking oh. about blade components. So I'm trying to build mm-hmm. as many blade components as I can to like source tips for my talk and then also build blade components for alpine component patterns and we're probably gonna launch that at laricon online so
1: dude building blade components is honestly like a fucking superpower like if you're if you're not doing it and then you start doing it, it's like oh
0: dude because of the flexibility nice. or dude because of
1: dude because of the like uh like all of the all of the things about like uh, like Tailwind being like a system that's designed for components where like your replication should happen at a component level not at a CSS class level right and all of all of that stuff where like life is just better with componentized things yeah for sure and then like blade components give you enough customization that you can make them wrappers for alpine components and then yeah yeah yeah. good you know yep so like yeah that's the thing once you have that like once you have that like framework in your brain it's like oh gotcha gotcha yeah 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 and there's so many things that like could be uh, live wire components that end up just being like blade components wrapped in uh, or wrapping up an alpine component yep like yep that's what i want
0: that's that's the that daniel uh in this this blade component realm well whatever actually so i just launched a plugin i don't know if you saw the focus plugin i don't know I this did. is
1: i haven't i didn't like deep dive it but yeah i don't, i saw that you launched it
0: i don't know if anybody cares um because these are the deeper ones that like you care about if you're trying to build accessible components you don't care about them if you're not
1: i've had the problem before.
0: okay um yeah so i don't know it's just i'm pumped about it because it's like such a nice solution to a problem that is prevalent
1: yep yeah don't you know it Yep. Oh, I know it. Yep. You remember when I was building that like weird select two type thing? Mm, uh,
0: yes, I do. Yes, I do. I do. It was like a yeah it was that like uh, a Discord looking UI. Search. Yeah, I remember that.
1: Select box with a search. type yep. Thing, and like uh, the the like focus management on that was terrible. Yeah. Because it was like, well, what do you do if it's open? What do you do if it's closed? Like it was it was complicated.
0: Yeah, i I think I'm going to add a. I think a new abstraction for focus management has has been revealed to me. So there's trap that you can trap Mm -hmm. focus in, but I think there also needs to be something that uh, locks focus inside of an element like that. Well, trap kind of takes care of that, but this thing basically disables focusing everything inside of the element itself. Uh and but allows you to cycle through the focusable things with arrow keys and home home and end and page up page down and searching Mm. with like letters you know uh because like that's Mm. a list box that's a type ahead search that's a select Mm. drop down that's a tab list that that pattern is just like i keep seeing it over and over again like if this could just be bundled up in a nice clean little package and you, then it's like, oh man, like you could do, you could build something like a list box and it would be totally legit and accessible uh, with one little bitty line of code. So I'm yeah. about that. So now, that's, that's going to be, that's going to be cool, man. That's the thing, man. All these components are just going to keep making little composable abstractions that make them easy. And then eventually it'll be like, Hey, you want to build like any complex UI component? Here's how you do it. Just you know slap together a few of these bad pups you know dick you know what i'm saying
1: i do would you would you believe that i am back on my bullshit with event sourcing daniel it what have you done back well okay so
0: what do you mean you're you're back on that project or you're starting you're going diving back into it you're intentionally introducing it into something
1: Yes, all of the above. Word, okay. No, just two of the above. I'm not back on the old project. Yeah, okay. Um, but dude, event sourcing—I forgot.
0: Dude, it's so good. It's so good. That's good. I mean, I I've been hearing more and more of that. It's so good. So I now believe that it could be good.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> I've now heard from other people whose I've opinions I respect <laughs> that it's good. <laughs> so now I'm thinking maybe you weren't crazy. Right. Um, the. So the Pecking Order. The Pecking Order game, the project, the game. Yep. It's developed. Right. It's a working it's a working uh Google Sheets application. Um, and so we are writing the code for it now. And good buddy John Drexler is taking this as an excuse to learn Laravel, which you know. Yeah. And very interesting, he's learning Laravel by way of learning LiveWire. That's crazy. Which is hilarious. Um <laughs> Because he was, like, he was, like, he started doing some stuff, because I was too busy to do stuff with him. So he was, like, I'm just going to start doing stuff. And I was, like, dude, get after it. Get a Laracast subscription. On Laracast, he came across Livewire. I think this is the solution I need for this thing. And I forgot this is Caleb's thing. I know about this thing. Nice. So he just started, like, trying to do Livewire. And then we've been pairing on it, and we have such a great, this is such a great, in my opinion, this is such a great way to learn Laravel is to like have a extremely well defined project. Yep. Right. And know a little bit of JavaScript. Okay. Right. Yep. And just like go in and like simultaneously learn all the differences between PHP and JavaScript. Learn about object oriented programming. Learn about Laravel. And learn about LiveWire. Dude. Um <laughs> With a Laracast subscription and just like write this buck wild code that is just like, you know, it's like some of it is like fever dream code, you know, where it's like, oh, yeah, this works. I mean, this does actually do the thing, but in like such a crazy way. But then you have like two calls a week with Daniel where you guys pair and refactor all the buck wild code you've been writing into like real code. You know?
0: Can you give me and one so example of like something that he's done
1: of Buck Wild Code? Yeah,
0: just something like totally wild and out there. Okay,
1: so he hit a blocker on Pecking Order, so he started working on this other board game that he has, which is like a tile sliding game. Okay, um, and he was just like, "Well, I got to work on this because it'll give me something to like practice on." Because like Pecking Order has event sourcing, and so there's things that he just doesn't know how to do yet, right? Um, yep so he had a blocker he was like i'm just gonna work on this tile game because it's like totally free reign i can do whatever i want there and not worry about stepping on anyone's toes so he's like working on that and uh it's a grid of 16 tiles right so kay. a1 a2 a3 a4 and then like b1 b2 b2 b3 b4 all the way up to d kay. right yeah so there's a game model and then there's this a, there's a space model. So games have a relationship to spaces. Okay. Um, And so what he's doing is every time he creates a game, he creates 16 spaces. Oh, funny. And stores them in the database. And then in his LiveWire component, in his mount method, he has 16 lines where he manually looks up space where game ID is this Mm. and space is a one. And he saves that in a variable called A1. And then he does that again for B1, and again for C1, and again for D1, and then for A2. So he's got 16 public variables on his Livewire component. Oh my gosh. That are the 16 spaces on the board. And he has this bonkers for each loop uh, in his save method, or his store method, in his Livewire component. Yep. That, like... Does this crazy thing that like loops through all these things and like figures out which ones will have changed, and then goes and like fetches a new copy of them from the database. Um, and I was like, okay, so here's what you're gonna want to do. <laughs> First of all, you're just gonna want to make a relationship and like call those things through the relationship. You don't need to store them all to their own variable. Funny, right? Yep. and like loop through them in your template. Because in his template, he's explicitly rendering I each yep. thing, right? And I was like, so you can loop these in your template and that'll save you a lot of time and effort. Um, and then when you update, you can just uh, straight up like refresh the parent model and it will just go fetch all every, anything that's changed. Um, and so you don't have to do this thing. You don't have to do this logic of figuring out which ones will have changed Based on an action and then like manually updating those individual ones. Yep. So anyway, just a little, and then also like down the road, we should just make a JSON column on the game that stores the game state mm-hmm. rather than having like a separate column yeah. or a separate table for all of the spaces. But like for now, like keep working with your table for the spaces. We'll get to that later. Yep. Um, so anyway, it's just interesting stuff like where it's like, Oh, like, it's cr- first of all, it's like insane that you sat here and like dedicated enough time and grit to make this thing work in this way that is just buck wild. Yep. <laughs> but like, I'm so impressed that it, like, your game work. you know? Like, you wrote code that made your game work. Right.
0: That's what's up from nothing. In this just That's like huge
1: crazy way. Yeah. And like, now we get to just like pair for two hours and like refactor it into like much better, more usable readable reasonable code yeah you know that's crazy so anyway we're having fun back on my bullshit with event sourcing pecking order is so event sources like every player has tokens that they earn and spend on playing advantages Mm -hmm. so like perfect event sourcing use case right like there's an earned token player earned token event and a player spent token event yeah any Um,
0: anything that like resembles a blockchain is event sourcing
1: yeah or like a bank account balance or anything that has a balance really is like an event source yep paradise um so yeah that is happening um then there's all these advantages that get played and like what time they got played affects things right but like then there's all these things where it's, like, at the end of a round, then the effects of all of the advantages that were played during that round take effect. Right?
0: Gotcha. Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: And so it's weird because it's, like, say I play an advantage that, like, casts an extra upvote for me. Yep. Right? If I don't have event sourcing, then what I would do is probably have, like, a state or a status column on the advantage uh on the like played advantage table yep um and then like when i play the grandstand advantage i would like set the status to pending and then at the end of the round i would like loop through all of the pending advantages and mark them as uh played Hmm. and then i would have like an observer that like on updating of an advantage when the status goes to played from pending then execute the effects of that advantage. Okay. Right? Yep. But it's just like wonky. You that know? is wonky.
0: It's like a um, backwards way of doing it.
1: Right. So instead what I get to do is say like at the end of the round grab all of the played advantage events where the round is this round yep. and execute them. No. Yeah. And like executing them goes and updates all of the correct tables. And so now I don't have to like there's these there's these values like the number of upvotes a player has received. And I don't have to like be calculating that from like four different places. Mm-hmm. Right? Cuz like before it would be like okay well first give me like the actual number of ballots against them and then give me all of the results of these advantages and then give me all of the results of these tribe challenges and rewards that are over here in like three different tables and like then add those numbers together. Like I can just straight up like I can have these uh, advantages like directly alter the like project those numbers into the database. So I can just store them on the tables I want them to be stored on um and mutate them directly with the advantages because at any point I can replay those advantages. Yeah. And if I have to say like okay, someone now played an advantage that cancels out this other advantage. Yeah. Well then I just mark that thing as canceled and replay all those nice. advantages and see what the results are, you know. Sweet. Yeah, it's sick.
0: What are you using for this?
1: Uh Spotsy's Laravel Event Sourcing package.
0: Event Is that event sauce?
1: No, that's a different one. That's Frank Dejong's one. I I have no I have no reason to believe that this one is better or worse than that one. This is just the one that I've used before. I gotcha. Um but it's it's very good, dude. It's, event sourcing is good.
0: Interesting. I wish I had something to use event sourcing on. I've never don't think I've ever well, done anything with if it. If only we had yeah. like
1: a Solana Laravel captive. <laughs> then we then we could like event source. Like, crazy blockchain shit.
0: Lira bank,
1: yeah. I, uh... Phew. Like You could use the blockchain as the storage for your events. Blockchain right? is the
0: event sourcing. It is event sourcing.
1: Right, but then you could just, like, you could just write an adapter that, like, pulled those into, like, the actual Laravel event sourcing package and then, like, yeah, use projectors wild. and stuff to, like, have, like, a usable database in front of it that's representative of the blockchain.
0: Interesting. So you just, like derive your standard like
1: your working values from the events on the blockchain right
0: interesting the problem with blockchain stuff that's actually pretty cool and like I'm not detracting from the coolness of that but everything takes a transaction you know and transactions are like kind of slow sometimes they're dependent on the network health and speed and like supply the supply and the demand yin yang of the network and everything I get it obviously it's like you know, this is obvious stuff, but it's just one of those realities. It's like, yeah, well, it's, you know, if used for these, it's just like a worse way to write apps, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yep. But we talked about this, I think, but, and I, I think I was going to record a podcast about it, one of my little bits, and maybe I still will. But um, the, the one thing I hope sticks from all of this Web3 stuff is... If in, if it doesn't all take everything over, is um auth. the auth, dude. I just love it so much. Like it's so good. Uh, upon reflection, the only crypto accounts that I have are my Phantom wallet that I have a password for, and then also Coinbase. But outside of those two things, I have no password for too, anything. Well, yeah, I guess I breeze. do too. Um yeah. <clears throat> but like you know how to access your wallet and you know how to do something that's like like your your like coinbase is like a portal to the normal world you know mm-hmm. so like i get it it has to have one foot in both things like yeah okay but everything once you're through the portal you know everything is just passwordless and loginless it's so awesome no emails well, there's that, no like, marketing there emails there's so
1: many there are so many um web applications that i use where my account with that web application is a token that i hold in my wallet oh so for example saluminati is interesting ah NFT project. i
0: like right whoa
1: saluminati is an nft project okay and they publish three tools which are basically like market analysis tools for nfts okay so one of them analyzes upcoming mints and gives you graphs of their number of discord members and twitter followers over time so you can detect bots okay uh to just detect if a mint looks like it was all their twitter followers are, and discord members are like purchased you know yep um so that's one of their tools one of their tools is like a floor place floor price tracker and one of their tools just compares the rarity from how rare or moon rank to the magic eden listings and tells you what are the best deals on a given project Gotcha. right how do i so access this what is this called soul Illuminati. so it's like illuminati but yeah. it's Soul. soul.io okay. so all their tools are kind of janky web apps or whatever right um but if you hold a Illuminati NFT in your wallet and you authorize with Phantom, yep. you just get access to the tools. Gotcha. So, so like, and Solana Money Boys is also making like an NFT. Uh, I see. Wallet tracker that's doing the same thing. Meerkats yep. just released their NFT wallet tracker that does the same thing. Uh, I just saw two new projects that are launching web apps that are like authenticated through owning their NFT
0: that is so cool dude
1: this is the new shit where it's like owning the nft yeah it gets you access
0: right right that is so legit and so simple to do the only question i have about that sort of deal is like all right let's say that i were to build an app like this how do you securely authenticate like let's just say in general forget about holding the nft i'm creating this like plant growth app how do I actually securely authenticate somebody? I can I can authenticate them in their wallet and whatever. Mm-hmm. But is there a way that I, on a back-end, like in a back-end database or a back-end something, can guarantee that, that like, can have a reference to that wallet ID and guarantee that's not spoofed, you know?
1: Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> so what you do is you, so you have them connect their wallet, right? Yep, yep using javascript the same yeah. way you would with like a candy machine mint or something yep right um and then you can have them sign a message so this is what grape does have you ah,
0: used grape no i have seen you it though, grape the grape is? protocol yeah i mean yeah, that, so let's grape, just tell me
1: grape is basically like a DAO management protocol what's a DAO? Um, a DAO is a decentralized autonomous organization okay um and a DAO is Generally speaking, like the holders' club of an NFT, right? It's
0: token. like a Discord. The Discord is the DAO, generally, right?
1: Not always, because there are also off Discord, like on-chain voting protocols. And okay, stuff, I gotcha. Stuff. Um, but there, the DAO is like the people who hold this thing, and gotcha. therefore get to vote and make decisions about it. I see. Um, and so, Grape is basically like a Discord integration. Um, where you authenticate with your wallet. Okay. And then you authenticate with Discord, and then Grape matches up your wallet to your Discord. And there are others of these. Solo Land is another, and Matrica is another.
0: Okay. So, how would um, I build this on my own, like Next.js app?
1: Sure. So, first you have them authenticate with their wallet.
0: Done. Okay. Right?
1: okay. Yep. And then you have them sign a message, and okay. that message is generated on the back end passed to the front end for them to sign and then signed and then the signed version of that is verified by the back end how does that happen what does that mean so on the back end you have some back end code that reaches out to the solana network and creates a message okay so that's signing a message is one of the types of transactions you can do on solana okay so you can actually transfer a token. That's a, a type of transaction, right? right? Like an SPL token or yep. a Solana token or whatever. Right. But you can also just sign a message. Uh, and right. And by message,
0: you mean a transaction?
1: No, a message, like a string.
0: Interesting. I don't know about this. Solana. You
1: know about cryptographic signing? Are you aware of like the idea of cryptographic signing?
0: I mean, I have to sign stuff. I have to sign transactions with the accounts that are like have right access to stuff. Right. But... So
1: you can sign a transaction that does nothing that is just a message.
0: Gotcha. Okay.
1: And that signature will go onto the blockchain. Okay. Right? The fact that you signed this message will be stored on the blockchain, but nothing will be transferred between wallets.
0: Gotcha. Okay.
1: Um and so when you when you sign the message for grape, okay. The string is just dollar sign grape. Okay. Right? And you like sign that with your private key okay, for yeah. your Phantom wallet right well f- right like then, so, well
0: so if i'm if the, this is the next js app i sign it in the back end i create it in like back end node javascript the user
1: signs it the user signs it that's the thing
0: wait so, so you
1: you okay. initiate a transaction requesting that the user sign this in the front message. end yeah okay in in the front end gotcha. but you initiate it in the back end
0: how do i initiate it in the back end like that's a part like i'm unclear you, on
1: I mean, I haven't written the code but like this you can create these unsigned transactions in on the Solana blockchain right and then you pass that un you then you have a transaction ID for this transaction that's unsigned okay and then you pass that unsigned transaction up to the user then on the front end you request them to sign it okay right so like you would either so you would pass forward the, the transaction ID of the unsigned transaction to your JavaScript app. Okay. Then your JavaScript app would would trigger phantom to say like, hey, here's an unsigned transaction, yep. please sign it. Right. So then they'll have phantom pop up that says, Yep. Approve. hey, do you want to sign this transaction? Right. And it's just the string grape and it, the button prompt will say sign message. Okay. Which is nice because it's clear that it's not transferring anything. Yep. And then once they sign the message... Uh, you'll get a success in JavaScript, right? Okay. And then you can then hit a webhook with that transaction ID. And then your backend can then go look up that transaction on the blockchain, make sure that it exists and make sure that it's legitimate. Right? And that the signer is the wallet that you expect it to be and that the signature is valid and all that.
0: Mm. (laughs) Hmm. okay so i need to dig deeper on this with you should we do this off the show or on the show for like the two people who actually care listening to the show okay why don't you spare ask your everybody question else and then
1: why don't you ask your question and then i'll tell you if we need to do it off offline
0: well i would just walk you back through everything you just said and fill in all the details specifically
1: all right let's do it very let's do it very quick and if we don't get it in the first run through again then we'll take it offline
0: right so I guess the part that I'm struggling with is like, okay, the backend wants to know. Uh, the backend wants like a session. I'm thinking like a Laravel app has so a session. I want,
1: I'm the backend. I <laughs> want to know that you, Caleb, yep. own, control. I want to know what wallet you control. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Right? Yep. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to create a transaction And I'm going to sign, so a transaction needs to be signed by both parties. Gotcha, yeah. Right? So you're going to create create and sign something on the back end. I'm going to create and sign a transaction. So I've now done my half of it.
0: Gotcha. Right?
1: Yeah. Then I am going to pass the transaction ID of my signed transaction to my front end JavaScript. Yep. And I'm going to say, here is a half signed transaction. Yep. And then my front end JavaScript is going to prompt the user through phantom to sign their half of that transaction yeah they're gonna sign it
0: yep then
1: it gets signed it gets approved blockchain is a fully signed transaction and from that transaction i can tell who both of the signers were right yeah yep because it's in the transaction who the two parties were okay yep so now I'm gonna send a webhook back up to the back end and say, "Why are you saying hey, webhook?
0: You just mean like an API request?"
1: Yeah, whatever. Yeah, okay. I'm just gonna like I'm just gonna hit the back end. Yeah, right. And I'm gonna say, "Hey, just so you know, like a transaction was signed uh, and completed by a user. Here's the transaction ID. Go yep. check it out." Right. Um, and then the back end is gonna go verify that transaction. They're gonna see, "Oh, here's the wallet that that person owned."
0: yeah I guess I what I don't get is like let's say that like five people do this and they mm-hmm. all maliciously intercept the transaction ID on the front end and then they pass mm-hmm. them around or something It's like somebody else takes that transaction ID and is like sends it back up saying that they're a different wallet you know
1: well then they still would need the ability to to steal sign that sign the message right so the transaction so but if, couldn't like if it's on the blockchain couldn't somebody the-
0: find that transaction id and like see it and then send it to be like hey here i am
1: well no but because i know what sh- i know what transaction i sent down to you i'm the back end i know that i the transaction i sent you was this so if you send me back a different transaction i'm I know you. those don't match up okay
0: yeah I don't know i I have to think about it more in terms of like what I'm specifically trying to do, I think to like flesh out the details of how it, but that I mean this is like a key piece of knowledge I think that I've been missing is like how do you actually validate that somebody is a wallet? you know like mm-hmm. in Laravel, I confidently i run around saying auth arrow i d confidently feeling very good that that is the actual id of that user and no one else has it unless they steal their password i want that but for crypto wallets
1: so it's basically like a CR- csrf token right yeah Where like i send like how do i know that this submission came from this authenticated session Right, so like a session token. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. How do I know that this submission came from this authenticated session? Well, I gave them a token. Yep. Right. And then that token was only good for one request. Right. Gotcha. And then, or for one session. Right. Mm. And then they sent me back a request that included that token in the cookies or in the Uh, headers. I see. So it's
0: only good for one session.
1: It's only good for one transaction.
0: One transaction
1: yeah so that's the problem with a lot of these apps now is that like there's not like long-lived authentication on most of these right so you could build that off chain with cookies right right but you're introducing problems but like yeah. most of these apps i have to log in every time yeah
0: and the login is Which more is, than like just connect your wallet it's all there no
1: it's, it's just connect your wallet
0: but you're also signing these messages often from No, no, other no you end? have to do
1: that the first time
0: i see yeah. yeah i don't fully understand but i don't have i don't know okay. the right questions to ask so i need to like dig a little work but this is um, good dan okay. cole this is dan good. cole daniel colborne oh boy we got back on nfts daniel it happens hey we did we did. since we started this show the mm-hmm. sweets nft follow that
1: yeah it popped off today right
0: yeah so i minted today
1: yeah
0: <laughs> yeah a friend of mine got pre pre-sale whitelisted for 2.2 mm-hmm. 2 soul and i while we were on this call oh they're at eleven
1: eleven point five now
0: i refreshed oh are they at 11.5 oh they are they were just they were much higher than that the last time i refreshed this page it was they'll like probably keep moving yeah they'll it'll dump and then it'll pump dude should yeah. you buy one of these before the second pump
1: no <laughs> i'm not going to <laughs> Yeah, average is not price my, is for, <laughs> This is not my range of NFTs to to buy. I know. I buy things the highest the most valuable things I own are like in the 4 range.
0: Okay. This is where you make the money, dude.
1: Yeah, I know, but I'm just not there yet.
0: Well, I'm going to watch it just for fun. I'm just going to see like if I had bought it could I wait I an a, hour and like make thousands of dollars?
1: I had a fun idea. What do you think about me Semi publicly, not on my main Twitter, like on my alternate crypto Twitter, Mm -hmm. doing a little video series weekly called Flipping to Dragons. Oh, nice. um, Dude,
0: that's awesome.
1: Where I start with the contents of my wallet now. Yeah. I start with the contents of my wallet now, and I say that I'm willing to DCA two like let's say whatever the equivalent of five soul is right now well that's yeah. a lot maybe three soul whatever the equivalent of three soul is right now yeah I will dollar cost average that every two weeks for the next I don't know five months right okay and can I in that time dollar cost average and flip my way into owning a Borioku dragon
0: what do you mean dollar cost average how does that apply in this
1: so dollar cost average just means like so right now deposit regularly three soul would be $450 right right so like if i say i'm gonna put $450 into this every two weeks oh okay you would do it every two weeks price of soul is
0: i see why not just start with a fixed amount and trade your way to a dragon
1: uh well i'm just not gonna get there in a reasonable time frame you don't think so (laughs) i mean maybe but like that's the more I have like a lot of interesting adventure stuff yeah
0: dude no you want the traction bro you flip your way purely Just flip from nothing you flip from, from nothing what i have now yeah flip start That'd with like cool. some modest sum and flip your mm-hmm. way there and if it doesn't work dude this is what you do <sighs> dude this is hilarious this is the i forget the word for this but you know that thing where like like i could start a mailing list right now um, mm-hmm. Making like stock predictions, but I could make like 50 stock predictions, mail it out to like a thousand people. All the wrong ones I just trash, the right ones I send a follow up with a new set of predictions mm-hmm. and keep doing that until there's like the small group of people that so far have gotten like perfect predictions from me, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> just because of probability. And then they think I'm a god and then I have them in my pocket. Um, you could do that with this sort of like you could start a few different adventures until you get one right or until one hits or you know what i'm saying and then like be like oh my gosh this guy like flipped his way
1: i put put like i put like five soul into like five different projects and then i just kind of go
0: exactly and like just follow the one that does the best and the other ones flop and then you look like god
1: that's funny dude that's but anyway i thought that would be cool to do like a flipping series
0: no, that would be awesome. Yeah, you should totally I do it. I feel like
1: I'm like at a point now where I'm actually smart enough to maybe do it. You know,
0: I feel like you are too. I am not, but you are. Oh, they're going down. They're still going down. We're down to ten.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the, they'll go down to like seven, probably. Oh, nine no, point eight. four. I'm calling, I'm calling eight, and then they'll rebound. <laughs> dude, like, I don't know. Maybe they <laughs> the call it five. The past ten minutes, who they
0: knows? went from seventeen soul to nine point four soul. But dude, I mean, this who this is still we're just we're at the beginning here
1: dude my my phoenix sale at eight was like the greatest guess of all time i went to bed and right before i went to bed i was like these are gonna pump before i wake up yeah how high are they gonna pump And i was like seven i was like
0: ah so you just said it
1: it? nice I, i listed at eight i went to bed the highest sale in that pump was 8.4 the second highest sale was mine at 8. Wow I was like oh my that's, god that's that's a
0: lucky little strike there and
1: it, and it dropped back down to 2.3 after that wow so like I just like kind of caught this magic moment of this little pump yeah it's it wild crazy. yeah it was nuts
0: dude oh man this NFT world is like freaking a insane man <laughs> yeah crazy crazy times here crazy yeah this freaking uh sweets thing is it's the thing if anybody wants to go uh see what's going on you can go to sweets and by the time you hear this it'll be you know nobody will care
1: also uh in case we haven't said it <coughs> on here uh super not financial advice uh investment involves massive 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 risk and you'll probably lose all your money welcome welcome to nfts
0: yeah um i mean that's a little bold you have less confidence in us than we do i think this is all great financial advice take it
1: Oh, that's uh, true. Yeah, actually, don't do your own research. Only don't do mistakes.
0: your own research. <laughs> this is the only place you need to go. Yep. All right, Daniel. Um, what do we have? Like three hours here? Four hours? Yeah, yeah. I gotta go. Food's ready. <gasps> okay. Um, you want to cue the right. outro music there, Deke?
1: Cue the outro music.
0: No, 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 no.